Alrighty, guys. Um, so this episode is actually a re-release in preparation for tomorrow's show. So um, this episode was originally aired in December of last year and I aired it with the promise to... Uh, it's basically a book review on Johan Hari's Lost Connections and it's the negative impact on what's going on in our society. That's what this show's about. And it's... Uh, uh, this is... If you haven't listened to it already a year ago, then... Um, this is the sister show to tomorrow's new release of the positive impacts and what we can do um, in relation to Johan's Lost Connections. Um, a lot of it will be uh, similar themes and I'll probably cover off on the, a bit of the same ground but um, I did want to circle back to this show um, because this is a recap and then basically a year later nearly... Um, doing the second show that I promised. Uh, the reason I didn't release it initially was because um, it was right when we shut the AdventureFit brand down and I stopped releasing uh, podcasts under the AdventureFit radio banner. So here's a bonus show for you um, and tomorrow there will be a fresh new show um, but this one is kind of like um, goes hand in hand with tomorrow's new release. So uh, if you haven't heard it, I hope you enjoy it and I hope you also enjoy the next show which will be live uh, as of tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Alrighty, gang, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. As you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube, and you will be able to uh, ascertain if you're listening, I'm actually on my own today. I had uh, three guests lined up and all of which aren't here and, uh, and didn't make it. So I'm on my own. The, uh, I had some really good guests too, actually. We had um, Claire Ashman, who was um, part of a doomsday cult, which is one of the most interesting things I've probably ever heard of as a concept. Um, so that would have been an interesting one. But uh, Claire and I rescheduled because I'm going to be able to sit down with her in person in Brisbane next week. And... Um, so that was cool because that was going to be Skype and Skype sucks. We all know that. Uh, I did have a show with Zach and Dan, some of our favorites who were uh, lined up to come in and join us. And, uh, and they basically stood me up, you know, what are friends for, I guess. And then lastly, we had Jada Simone, um, who was basically talks about biohacking a relationship, which is also a concept that I have no idea about. Um, but it sounded fascinating. So I was really excited for that. And... She may or may not have stood me up as well. Um, she may have cancelled and, and it just didn't update in my Google Calendar or she may have genuinely 100% stood me up. I haven't had time to really figure out what's going on there. So 
So I'm here. I'm here by myself. This is the first time I've ever done a solo podcast. And to be honest, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm comfortable doing this. But what do you know? Here I am. So um, the main thing that I wanted to, uh, to, probably, to probably riff on on this podcast was something that I've been thinking about for a while. And I'm actually going quite good. People that People that have uh, that have listened to the show in the past have probably, particularly from the start, have have been there with me through all the highs and lows, ups and downs, trials and tribulations of Adventure Fit, my life, uh, you know, romantic interest, all kinds of stuff, and um, I'm actually going really, really well. I'm really in a in a in an awesome place. Have been for a long time. Um, I think the main thing for me was always financial stress. Financial stress always crippled me. And the fact that I never really felt like I'd made it as an entrepreneur or I was making it, I kind of felt like a fair bit of imposter syndrome, I guess. Um, but that's not the case anymore. I'm not under any financial stress. Things are going really good there. Um, I, with my, uh, with my new business partner, Drew, founded another company called Athena Virtual. It's an outsourcing agency. Um, basically, we, we put people in Venezuela that really need work with businesses and entrepreneurs all around the world. And 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 it's a great it's a great business it's pumping along already and um and it's very early days we haven't even launched so um so i feel less like an imposter entrepreneur wise um and i also um i'm not under any financial stress and really when that when those two things are taken away and even the imposter syndrome i don't think is that bad i think the financial stress is always the um the real the real uh, the real fucker to be fair and i think everyone is um probably the same we we work so hard and struggle so hard all day every day in this life and sometimes it just doesn't feel like you're getting ahead and and i think it's really unfair that i think it's interesting not unfair it's just the way life is but i think it's quite interesting that it's it's entrepreneurs that that mainly have this issue like most people if they've got a brain in their head they'll make money they'll have a job they'll have a roof over their head they'll feel financially secure but entrepreneurs the ones that are changing our world for the better, the ones that are shaping the world that we live in, the ones that are creating our world, they're the ones that go through this, this, this pain and this struggle, the, the financial crippling stress that, that people go through, you know, no time, no money. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's a little unfair, I feel like. Um, you know, they're the people that, not saying, check me out, I'm an entrepreneur, give me a massive pat on the back and give me a hug, give me all your money. But, you know... The people that are that are out there trying to create the world that we live in and trying to make the world a better place because no entrepreneur goes out to set out and, and make the world sh- shitter, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, normally entrepreneurs go out and they're like, cool, this system is broken or this could implement, uh, we could implement this and help lots of people or this would be amazing for these people over here. That's normally the way it is rather than, you know, money for money's sake. So... I guess that whole thing of, you know, nothing comes easy and all, all things, you know, all things that are worth doing take time and all those cliche, you know, responses. But yeah, I, I do think it's an interesting quandary. And, and it is interesting. It leads on to Athena, my newest project, which is trying to give time back to those people, trying to give time back to entrepreneurs. So Athena is an outsourcing agency. So we put great, great people who need work in Venezuela because Venezuela's fucked up right now. We put that, we take them and we put them in with businesses and entrepreneurs all around the world. And it's amazing because 
it. Our whole hashtag, our whole thing is give back life. And that's because we're, we're, really, we're really giving back life to the people in Venezuela who need it. They need safe working environments. They need the US dollar. It's too dangerous to leave the house a lot of the time these days uh, in Venezuela. And they've got 15,000% inflation with the, with the Bolivar local currency. So these guys need safe working environments, US dollar and, and reliable employment. The entrepreneurs... This is to my point, the entrepreneurs that struggle, that, that can't scale their business, can't get any help, can't get time back in their life, can't get any money in the bank. You know, we're, we're trying to help these people by getting them real good, reliable staff for, for cheap. You know, our prices are $8 an hour. You know, that's a third of what you'd pay somebody in, in your home country. And hopefully that alleviates some of the stress that these entrepreneurs go through because myself and, and Drew, my business partner in, in Athena, like we've, we, know it, we know it better than anyone. Um, so, so that's cool. So that's something that's um something that's coming up. I actually don't know if anyone's going to listen to this show. I uh, really, really wonder if people have already tuned out by now. But if you are listening, thank you. We are six minutes in, nearly seven minutes, and I feel like I'm I'm, I'm going all right. We might make it to about 17, 18 minutes. I might have to pull pull the pin. But um, thanks for listening. It's funny actually because we've been um, releasing shows very, very spasmodically. Um, very, very here and there. And this month we've really, really haven't released. I think we've released two shows, maybe three shows. And we're growing. We're growing. So thank you for everybody that's listening and, and, and tuning in on YouTube and so forth. We've probably had our biggest month in about six or nine months, which makes no sense to me. Um, but it's great. Well, one update for all the podcast um, faithful that have been with us for a while, all you guys listening that um, are pretty familiar with my deep gravelly uh, manly voice then um, you know you guys have been with us from the start you, you guys have probably been a little frustrated by the way things have gone obviously me and Tommy had um, such a good thing going on there for so long and, and Tommy's obviously doing his own thing now he's off traveling the world and, and so forth and we've had Sarah coming in for some some co-hosting duties Katsy and Zach coming in for some co-hosting duties or Katsy I should say me doing some stuff so it's all a little all over the shop at the moment I understand that and I absolutely love everybody that's listened all the way through and that, and that are there with us because um, you guys make my life amazing. You know, you give me the ability to, to, to create content and tell interesting stories and, uh, and tell important um, or have important conversations, I should say, which is, um, which is, you know, which is what we're here to do. So I am going to make a statement on the show now and it's not the craziest, biggest thing in the world. It's not really PR worthy. I don't think it's going to go viral, but we're going to get a studio for the uh, for the show, and uh, and really try and up the the production quality and the number of shows. Really get back on a good groove with uh, Adventure Radio, and yeah, just try and give you guys epic content because I really do love sitting down and and having these having these conversations. So so I um I really do appreciate it. So one thing that I wanted to talk to uh, talk to one thing that I wanted to talk about today on the show. I um I'd never really planned to do a solo podcast with Adventure Radio until obviously today when I got stood up three times or three three shows fell through, um, but I kind of had an inkling that I wanted to talk about this one book that I read recently because it was what I believe to be potentially the most important book written in this century, maybe. Um, I believe it is. I mean, I haven't read all of them. I haven't read all the books, but I've read a few. 
Um, I, I'm a pretty avid reader, and and I read Lost Connections by Johan Hari, and it just blew me away. It absolutely, absolutely had me dumbfounded and just how bang on his summation of what's going on and what's wrong in society this day and age. Because let's be honest, people are killing themselves left, right and center. My best friend's been suicidal for months. He's hanging in there. He isn't dead yet. Um, There's mental health epidemic in Australia, young men, America, the Western world, all over the place. People are killing themselves. People are depressed. People are sad. People are disconnected. People have lost connections. This is Johan, This is Johan's summation. Um, and I'd listen to Johan on um, Joe Rogan, I believe, and potentially on Tim Ferriss as well when he released his book. And when I listened to him, I was like, oh my fucking God, this guy's brilliant. He is absolutely, he's a genius. And then we actually were lucky enough to have him on our show. So go back into our archives. I wasn't there. I was gutted. I was so upset that I wasn't able to sit down with Johan. Um, but Tommy did and Tommy did a fantastic job. So, so that was great. So you guys, if you want to go back, I've actually listened to the show. <laughs> Obviously, you should listen to the show. Um, uh, I've listened to the show and it's just fantastic. So, so head back into our archives and listen to the show with Johan Hari. Um, and then buy the book, Lost Connections. What I'm going to do though, I'm going to t- just just talk and, and for a little bit, I'm just going to riff on some of the main tenets of the book, some of the main points, some of the main causes for this lost connection that we've got across our society. And also, you know, that explains this epidemic that we're going through with mental health. So I don't want it to be a Debbie Downer episode, um, but this may be the only single solo episode I ever do because I don't really ever feel like sitting down and just riffing on stuff. Um, having said that, when I read this book, I took notes in my phone, more notes than I've ever taken. And I, I'd planned to write an extensive blog about it. Um, and I haven't really done that yet, but here I am talking about it on the podcast. So, um, so basically, guys, um, so Johan puts down seven causes for our lost connections in life. And before, before, um, before I go into those, like lost connections is basically the theme and I've always believed that in this day and age, something that I refer to and that I've mentioned on the show before, something that I refer to as the third place is super important. So if you guys are out there listening and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm not feeling very good this week. I'm not feeling very good this month. Fuck, it's been a long year. This really sucks. Then I have one, before I start any of this talking about Johan stuff, I have one recommendation and that is the third place. And the third place is a place that is not your home, it is not your work, it is somewhere else. And there's somewhere else, that, that somewhere else, if you've got, you allocate so much time to your home life, obviously, you allocate so much time to your job, we all do, we have to make a living. But there's space in our schedules that people put for something else and that needs to be a consistent something else and it's a community basically. And that third place is basically, it should be everybody's happy place. And a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that anymore. I've been harping on with my mum because her and my dad split up a few years ago and I actually thought mum would hit the ground running. She's really good socially. Um, she uh, has lots of friends. She's, she's lovely, so on and so forth. And I thought that my dad might struggle and it was the polar opposite. It was quite the other way around. And I've been harping on with my mum to, to get her to that third place, to find her third place, to find her happy place because... She had work, she had home, and then she had loneliness. And that's basically what's going on with everyone. We sit in our cars for fucking two hours a day and 
it's a little crammed metal box in a smoke-ingested city getting tooted at and beeped at and fucking swerved at. And then we go home to our air-conditioned, massive TV, one-bedroom apartment and sit by our fucking selves all day. Like, surely, surely that is just, that makes sense. That's evolutionarily, we're not, we're not designed to be like that. So I have a thing that I feel like everybody needs that third place. Everybody needs a happy place, whether it's a sewing club, whether it's a croquet tournament that you do every fortnight, whether it's a, you play basketball with your buddies on a Tuesday night, whether it's a gym and you go every single night, it's a yoga studio, there's so much stuff out there, an art class, whatever it is, whatever you need to do, you need that community. You need that, for one, you need something fun that you can put time aside for, but you also need that community. You need something that you can go to and you need people that you can rely on because um, this is a bit of uh, probably pseudo bro slash bullshit science that I'm about to whip out here, but I remember hearing a stat. Um, again, that's what it, that's, this is what I mean. I'm, I'm really going off my memory. My memory is fucking terrible. But I remember a stat that I think, say, in the 1950s, uh, people were polled about how many close friends that they had that they could call upon um, in a time of need. And I think Johan talks about this in his podcast and in his book, but I, I don't remember the exact. And that number was two and a half. Maybe people had on average two and a half people um, that they thought they could call on in an emergency. Or if they, maybe like, in a, let's say in, a, in an emotional emergency. I'm fucking sad. I'm going to kill myself. Uh, I'm sad. I'm going to kill myself. I'm fucking depressed. I'm, I'm emotional. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm whatever. Whatever it is. Uh, you know, they need someone to, 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 to lend an ear. Okay, so, so in, the, in the 50s, for example, two and a half people. Now it's less than one. That's the average, less than one. Across the board, by and large, people in our society feel like they have less than one whole person to rely on. Think of how fucking shit that would feel. Think of how lonely and how scared and how fucking just on your own you would feel like that. Okay, so there might be, if that's the average, you know, there might be, um, you know, there might be a few people that feel like they have two friends. That's cool, two, two real friends that they can, they can call on. They can, you know, they know that when shit's bad that they can, they can rely on and that they're going to be there for them. And then the rest of the people have no one, zero people. And if you think emotionally, if you think emotionally and, and spiritually about, okay, cool, um, no worries, I feel like I've got no one, I'm going to do this on my own, that's cool, I've got a good job, I've got a good apartment, I've got lots of money in the bank, I've got my dog, dogs are great, I'll fucking give them that, they, they actually are someone you can rely on, I feel like, uh, particularly me with Ziggy. But having said that, what's the worst thing that you can do to somebody? What, what are the worst people in society, okay? Murderers, rapists, um, thieves and scallywags, we'd send them to jail, that's what we do, we go, right, you've... You've, you're in trouble, mate. You're in trouble. You've been a bloody dickhead. We're sending you to the sending you to the prison. All right, no sneaking out. No no funny buggers. They send you to prison. They okay. And then what happens in prison? They try and sneak out. They scale the walls. Shawshank Redemption. Burrow through the door. They get in a little fisticuffs, punch on, shiv someone. All that stuff you see in the movies. All that sneaky. Except hit the hit them with a um, food tray on the head or whatever. You fuck up in prison. What do you do? You get sent to solitary confinement. So. The one place that you don't want to be on this planet is in prison, I would say it's fair to say. I mean, in a war that you don't want to be in, um, fucking, oh, I'm not even going to go. There's some, there's, some, there's some serious 
some places you don't want to be. But let's say, by and large, across the most of society, the easiest one to use is, is prison. It's the, place, the last place you ever want to be. You want your freedom. You want to be able to do what you want to do. You want to be locked in a fucking jail cell. Okay. What's the last thing that you want to do when you're in prison? Uh, sorry, what's the worst thing that you can do to people when you're in prison? Solitary confinement. Sit you on your own. Sit in the corner. You've been bad in primary school. Go sit in the corner. You're not allowed to talk to anyone. You're not allowed to do anything. You're not allowed to take part. That seems pretty fucking sad and lonely, right? Imagine doing that when you're the worst person on the planet. You're already in prison and you've been a dirtbag. We send them to solitary confinement because being on your own and feeling alone is the worst thing that we can do to people. It sends people actually crazy. And that's, if you think about it, if you think about what I've just said, and remember, I'm not sure of those facts and figures, but, but the, the basic tenet is there. That nobody in this day and age, we don't have people that we can call on. We don't have people that we know that no matter what happens, if I fuck up in life, if I fuck up and I do something that I wouldn't tell anyone about and I don't know what to do, who am I going to tell? Who am I going to get it off my chest? Who's going to talk to me? Who's going to help me through it? If I go through a bad break, we don't have it. Okay, so I've gone on about this, this long enough, but it's just, that's a fascinating fact. So so Johan's lost connection. So he says that there's seven lost connections in, in life. Disconnection from meaningful work. How many people wake up in the morning and go, oh yes, this is fucking great. I can't wait to go out and do what I'm, what I'm about to do. Not many, not many. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, real, that's, a real, that's a real problem. I'm very lucky. I'm very passionate about what I do. But there's too much money going on for money's sake um, in, in this day and age. So... Um, you know, the biggest thing, money doesn't make you happy. I, I, I had, uh, when I was 19, I bought my first house. When I was 22, I had three houses. When I was um, 24, I had hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity. Okay, money in the bank effectively in the, in the real estate. And I was successful for lack of a better term for, for a 23, 24 year old dude. I was more successful than anyone on the fucking planet. Um, that's a lie, but you know what I'm saying? So, but I wasn't happy. So, when I was 23, 24, I'm not sure exactly how old, 23, I think, I was really sick. I had a problem with my liver and I decided that I wanted to go traveling. And about halfway through, sorry, halfway through this 12-month period, I, I, I had a 12-month period of, of um, treatment basically for, for this issue that I had, this health, health issue. It was quite a serious health issue. And about six months through this health issue, at this point in time, I was reading real estate magazines. There was two magazines in Australia, real estate, inve- real estate investor, property investor Australia and Australian property investor magazine. There was two of them and I'd subscribe to both and I'd read them back to front, front to, front to back cover. And I, don't get me wrong, I was interested in it and, and it was something that you know, it was, a, was a positive thing to a degree. But the thing that wasn't positive was my whole, Everything that I attached to success and my, my, my self-worth and, and what I wanted to do with my life was revolved around money. Money for money's sake. You know, money for money's sake. And there's way too much of that in this planet, on this planet. There's way too much. No one, there's enough ideas and enough commerce out there and enough people to get behind ideas and things that make you happy. I feel like. And maybe I'm being an, an asshole a dirtbag, whatever here because I am in a position where I have two things that really make me happy and help people and positive impact on the world. But I feel like, I feel like we need more of that. I feel like we need more of that. Um, so 
Disconnection number two in Lost Connections by Johan Hari is disconnection from people. So again, obviously, I've riffed on that pretty heavily, you know, but in this day and age with social media and, and dating apps and so on and so forth, like gone are the days. Mac came around the other day, Mac Rundle, great friend of the show, uh, one of my, you know, number one guys, adventure wise, one of my best friends. Um, he came around yesterday. He'd been in Bali for three months and he told me, he goes, I'm single, he's single, and we we're talking about um, dating apps. And I said, I don't, I don't use the apps, um, and that's a lie. Like every very, very rarely, I'll download them and play around, whatever. Maybe a few hours, see if I talk to anyone. All right, see you later. And Mac is the same. He's like, yeah, I started out over in Bali. I was over there for three months. He just become single. He just kind of um, just broken up from um, dating, like the the person he thought was the love of his life, his soulmate. And uh, after that. He went to Bali and when he got there, he was on the dating apps and he said, he was like, you know what? I just didn't feel right. It just felt kind of gross and weird. So what I did was, he goes, I was just walking up to people in the street. So how many times would you have seen someone do that? How many times would you, uh, would you have done that yourself? Put your hand up. If you're listening, put your hand up. You've done that. All right, cool. I don't think anyone, A, would do that in general anyway. And I don't think two, anyone would do that because probably no one ever does it. Let's be honest. Mac was going up. If he would see, okay, so he was, he was, he's just become single. So you got to imagine that he like wants to meet girls and, and wants to kind of feel like he's back and, and, and life's going to be okay and all that kind of stuff. So Mac, he was just, okay, that girl looks really pretty. I'm going to do this the analog way. I'm going to do this the old school way. And he's just going to walk up and I'm just going to walk up and I'm going to say, hey, I think you're really beautiful. I'm Mac. How you going? Like, when was the last time that happened? When was the last time any of us did that? Uh, I know for a fact that, I mean, must be 50% of what's going on relationship-wise is, is online and it's all, you know, Tinder and Bumble and all these apps. And, and it's just, and I suffer from it. I suffer from the fact that I am fucking shallow. I'm fucking shallow and can be a total dirtbag. I hope none of the girls that, I could be a dirtbag. And I think a part of it is, I don't feel like I'm a dirtbag at heart, but I feel like part of the reason of the fact that I'm maybe not settled down is if I was in the same position, see, I want to have kids. I fucking love the idea of having kids. I always have. I can't wait. The day that I have kids, uh, my first child is going to be the greatest day of my life. A bar none, bar nothing. Um, but I think if I was probably, if I was me now, but it was 2006, maybe I'd be settled down. Maybe I'd be settled down because I don't use the apps all that much and so forth, but everything's so transactional right now in a, in a, in a romantic, in an erotic, in a fucking sexual lovey-dovey, whatever, whatever you want to call it. In Between men and women, men and men, women, women and women, let's all be equal, but romantic relationships, they're so fucking transactional now. Like, you know that, okay, cool. You're all right. We've had a good time. We've had sex. We've, we've dated a few times, whatever. But there's a little something that's not right. And you know what? That's cool. I can just throw this relationship to the scrap heap and go over to the apps. And I know that I can have a date. I can get a date. You know, fuck. I'm not that good on the old apps and the, and the chat and whatever. But, you know, you can probably, if you're pretty handy on it, you might be able to get a date that afternoon. You know? That's not a great thing. Really. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a healthy 
It's not a healthy thing. It's not, it's not the way relationships are supposed to come about or be treated, I feel like. Um, look, disconnection from people. I mean, that's just romantically. We all know that, as I said, cars, offices, apartments, high-rises, smoke, hustle, bustle, trans- public transport, all that shit. Get on a fucking public... Get on a train. Get on a train and see how fucking much is going on socially. How much connection is going on. I mean, they show that whole, you know, that whole meme, that, that, that picture of like back in the 50s, everyone reading the newspaper, you know, this day and age, we're all on our phones. That might be the case. Maybe we sucked at it back then too. But I feel like we probably haven't been any worse than we are now. Let's be honest. It's fucking pretty gross. You know, and I, and I often, because I think about this shit way too much all the time. I often sit there in my gym and I'll be like, fuck, I'll be on my phone because I, I use my phone at the gym to do my program. So it's on my Excel sheet. So I'll, and I go in and every time I do a set and a rep, I put down the weights, whatever. They're already probably normally in there, but there's a note section. I'll put down a comment like, um, pretty tough. Um, don't do heavier than this next week unless feeling really good. Something like that because um, I'm actually writing my own programming and I'm doing it kind of week to week so I can kind of refer back to the week before and whatever. I'm just playing around. Um, but I'll be on my phone and I'm, so I'm going in to do my program in between sets and I, so the moment I pick up my phone, I realize that, uh, sorry, I lose track of what I'm doing and I put in my little numbers or whatever and then I go to fucking Instagram. And then I spend fucking 10 minutes and I cool down. I'm like, oh, fuck, what have I done there? And then I look around, everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone in the gym is staring at their phone. We actually have a great gym, PTC South Melbourne. Anyone in the Melbourne area, it's the fucking greatest joint ever. Shout out to Phoenix Weightlifting Club because that's also the greatest joint ever. Um, but still, like, it's, it's the greatest gym, the huge, like, amazing community. Everyone's so, such, fr- such friendly people and are, and are such good mates. But still, I look around a lot of the time and everyone is just literally, oh, sorry, sorry that's probably too upright. It's more like, for those of you guys listening, I'm making myself look like some sort of a golem-ish creature, I guess, or fucking whatever. But it's just gross. It's just shit. So, you know, disconnection from people. One of the best things that you can ever do, if you feel like you, 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 this strikes a chord with you, if you feel like the shit I'm, I'm saying, disconnection from people, if you feel like, yeah, that makes sense, or if you already knew that, you don't need to, need to listen to me. Everybody knows what's going on. But if you feel like that's the case, what I recommend doing, which I'm going to do in the next... Um, probably in the next two months, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. How to Win Friends and Influence People is what I believe to be the greatest self-improvement, self-development book of all time. So it was written in, say, I don't know, the 1930s, early, early days. Um, and and it was it's basically... It's basically a guideline of how to be a nice person and a good person. Like, like for example, I remember reading um, How to Win Friends and Influence People and it's all the most simple stuff, all the littlest things that you would take for granted and you just forget. You're like, how am I not doing this every day? So, for example, like think of how people treat Uber drivers. People treat Uber drivers, A, like fucking dirt, Sit in the back. If you sit in the back of an Uber, you're a fucking dirtbag. Unsubscribe from this podcast and don't listen to the show. Or B, you sit in the front and you're nice. You're a nice person. You try and chat and you know make them feel like they're not 
dirt like a lot of people do. Probably a few people in the middle, of course. Um, but what was my point? What was my point? Um, yes. Yes. So Dale Carnegie, um, how to influence and influence people. So, so, but Dale Carnegie, it talks about, oh, what I got from the book, I literally put that book down, stopped listening to it, sorry. And then I went out and the smallest things like if you're in a service station and looking the person in the eye that serves you and asking them how their day is while you're standing there, while they, while they do whatever. I mean, you can turn, if you've got a 30 second interaction with someone, you can make that, you can be rude and make it a bad interaction for the both of you. You can be neutral or you can be nice and it can be a really positive interaction for you and for them. And believe it or not, being nice doesn't only make the person on the other end feel good, it makes you feel good. That's human nature. Okay, there's, there's a word called altruism. I don't believe it exists. To be altruistic means to give without getting anything in return. And that never happens. Even if you give something and nobody knows, you don't tell anyone, it's so far under the, under the radar and it's, it's, it's truly an altruistic act, then you're going to feel fucking awesome about it. So it's not altruistic, is it? Um, that's my thoughts anyway. So go and have a read of, um, of um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Great book. Um, Okay, so um, disconnection from meaningful values. Okay, so this is another one. So I didn't really write too many notes on this here. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, didn't really write too many notes on this here and it could go kind of a couple of ways and I can't remember exactly how it was delivered. But I mean, disconnection from meaningful values. Mm. Like... Let's be honest, what are we doing in this life? We work way too hard for way too long in things that we don't like to buy things that we don't need. Put your hand up if you disagree. Let's be honest, that's bullshit. It should not be like that. That is so crazy. Rolex watches, Ferraris. Fucking 10-story fucking houses. Swimming pools that fit more than fucking three, 30 people. We don't need any of it. We don't need any of it. We live within our means because that's human nature. We're idiots like that. If you get paid $100 million a year, you're going to spend most of that money. You know? You're going to spend most of that money, you're going to live within your means. If, you, if you're on $40,000 a year, you're going to spend most of that money, you're going to live within your means. But we fucking go so hard and try so hard and stab each other in the back and ruthless in business to buy shit that doesn't matter. To buy shit that is so unimportant to us. The point before that I just mentioned that we just went past disconnection from people, that's what's important to us. Connection to people. Stories, laughter, love, friends, family. That shit's important. Rolex watches. This is not a Rolex watch. This is a watch called the Fifth. My mate Alex works here. Founder. 120 bucks. Fuck. Like, if you're walking down the street and you're listening to this right now, or you're driving, through, driving your car or, or wherever you are, do yourself a favor for, for a second while you're listening, look around you and look for advertisement. Look at billboards. Look at your phone. Look at your apps. 
Look at if you're in an airport. Here's a good one. If you're in an airport, look at the bottom of the tray that you put your fucking um, laptop and your watch and your belt and stuff in. Look in the bottom of that and see what happens. You're getting sold to. You're getting sold fucking rubbish. Rubbish that you don't need by people with huge marketing budgets who are smarter than most of us that know how to sell stuff. I'm not anti-capitalism, but there's a fucking, there's a limit, you know? There's a limit and we've passed it. We've gone well past that limit. Um, Disconnection from meaningful values. Disconnection from childhood trauma. Um, So look, to be honest, there's seven causes here in the summation of his book, Lost Connections, or, or he breaks down. Seven causes. Um, and, and, and this one, like most of them you can relate to everyone. This one you can't and I'm not really going to riff too hard on it because I actually, I don't particularly feel like I had much childhood trauma. I mean, I went through a period where I thought my dad was a bit of a dickhead. He probably drank too much and, and stuff like that. Um, but it's not one that, that I can hugely connect to so I'm not going to hugely riff on it either. Um, but disconnection from childhood trauma is something that we probably don't address enough. Um, we probably don't address in our, in our older years and our, the way that we handle mental health is probably a big part of that. It's probably still a lot lots, um, lot of stigma and, um, and people probably don't do the work they need to do in order to, to get past that. Um, so disconnection from status and respect. Okay. So... Hmm. So, I believe, interesting, if you guys have seen Black Mirror, you'll, you might have seen uh, the episode and I can't remember how exactly the episode goes, but the episode basically, um, obviously, Black Mirror, dystopian future, everything's fucked, you know, everything that happens in Black Mirror is rooted in reality that we live in now. Um, and one episode, there's an episode where something to do with a wedding. So, a girl who was like the pretty girl in school invites her buddy to her best buddy from school to the wedding um, of her and her new um, fiance. I haven't seen each other in ages. But the way that it's said is it's said in a dystopian future where we have our social score, you know, lining up next to our head. So, this is not, this is not, this is not too far from reality to where we are now. From where we are now, whatever. Um, think of this, right? Think of this. So Instagram is fucking ginormous, let's be honest. If you're, you know, to all of our 60, 70-year-old listeners, you're probably not, you know, you're probably not sliding anyone's DMs anytime soon. But if anyone else, 50 and under, Instagram's huge. So I went to the gym the other day and I was in Adelaide. I was in Adelaide for two days. And I went to the gym and... Um, I uh, I was walking around in between my sets and I saw that there was a bunch of the trainers on the wall. So a bunch of the trainers that were at the gym. So there's, you know, 10 or 12 trainers that work at that gym. It was like a Globo gym style. I never train in those gyms apart from if I'm traveling or whatever, you know, just going for 10 bucks session, go and do some squats or whatever. And I was just kind of looking at the trainers and I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, reading their bios, just 
had nothing else to do and seeing who worked at the gym, cool. Oh, yeah, you know, health and fitness level, um, you know, um, certificate for personal training and exercise and health science, uh, sports science. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. All this stuff. And I noticed something really interesting. So I noticed that they had at the bottom of these posters, they had contact details, which makes sense. Obviously, if you like the look of that trainer that you want to work with, then you want to be able to contact them. You know, you could probably do it through the front desk or you can also, you know, text, email. Um, also, you can, you can text, email or slide into their DMs on Instagram. So the point I'm trying to make here is on this bio, there was who you are, what you do, what your qualifications are and your contact details and there was the Instagram handle there. So that's a little fucked because I feel like Instagram's gone too far. Instagram should not be a part of whether or not you get work in whatever field you decide to employ yourself in or that you're employed in. I mean, say for example, there's three trainers. Say for example, there's three trainers and two of them are quite good looking and have a good filter on their bio but aren't that good trainers like they're not that great they might have you know one of them's got 30,000 followers one of them's got 100,000 and then there's old beat up faced but highly talented amazing trainer fucking Joe Blow over here with no Instagram or just is one of those people that's not creative and he's got 124 followers and his photos look shit and he's got three posts why Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's think about it. What trainer? So, so trainer A has 30,000 followers, a really, really pretty girl and might have some qualifications. Cool. But let's say that she doesn't have that many qualifications. Really great feed, really good, uh, good Instagram. Obviously, a bit of an influencer, all that stuff. Old mate B, he's got 100,000. He's fucking killing the game. He's on, he's on the front cover of men's fitness, all that jazz. But he doesn't really know. All he's got is his, his PT, you know. That's all he's done. Or there's old mate... Muggy McGee, fucking busted nut for a face. Um, you know, he's got 200 followers, but he's a freak. Health and fitness level three and four. CrossFit level two. Exercise and sports science. Work with Melbourne Demons Football Club. Um, trained alpine skiers in France for a summer. Like fucking worked with Charles Polican. Whatever. Has the resume from hell and he's got his Instagram handle there and he's got 204 followers. And he fucking doesn't know how to take a photo to save himself because he's not creative. And he's like a look and he doesn't care. It's not part of his life. Who's going to get the work? Uh, the good looking people? Probably. Um, look, I've got a lot of mates that are influencers. You know, a lot of mates that are good looking. But they're all pretty good people. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having a go at, you know, pretty girl A and, 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 and good looking bloke B. You know, good on them. Like, that's fine. It's not their issue. It's a cultural issue. Okay, so we value celebrity likes and status above fucking all else. Really? I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story, which will, which will illustrate this hopefully a little, a little. And you can agree with me or disagree with me, and that's fine. It's probably been a lot of that already. But I remember, I remember... I was at uh, I was at the Health and Fitness Expo in um, no the Arnold Classic sorry um, the Arnold Classic in Melbourne uh, I think it was probably earlier this year I think and I think I may have had a media pass to, to do some you know some some shows some podcasts or whatever and I was watching my mate 
Alex Deacon. Shout out to Deeks. Big shucker. Give him a double shucker, guys. If you're listening just on the train or whatever, just, just do a little shucker for, for Deeks. Do it. It'll be sick. He loves it. Um, so I was watching my mate Deeks, and he's, he's like world... He holds a world record of some deg- to some degree in powerlifting. He's a freak. Really good. Really good athlete. Best bloke ever. Um, he's been on the show. Uh, yeah, so I was watching Deeks, and then... All of a sudden, so there's like a hundred people around the powerlifting, quite a quite a popular part of the health and fitness expo was the powerlifting stand. Anyway, so I'm watching Deeks, I'm sitting there, and then I see everyone their their gaze goes from the powerlifting rack towards like something on the left. They're turning, turning ninety degrees away, and everyone's focusing to the middle of this sea of people. And then I can hear like, kind of sounded like, you know, when you can hear rain coming from a mile away, and it's like. And you're in a storm. I could hear screams from like 100 meters away that became screams from like 80 meters away that became more screams from 50 meters away that became like, ah! it became pandemonium. And I, and I was standing there, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I thought it was a bomb. I thought a bomb had gone off in the building. What was a fucking dude with a gun? I'll tell you what it was. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And don't get me wrong... I fucking love Arnie. I love him. He's the fucking Terminator. I get that. I 100% get that. But here's what happened after that, right? So there was people that were around Arnie that were just pushing towards him. Regular people. Go to the Health and Fitness Expo, right? Health and Fitness Expo, it's actually a bit of a freak show. I don't think it's Health and Fitness at all. I think it's steroids drugs and, and extremes of something to do with health but but anyway but they're all probably good people you know they're not weird people they're not freaks they're not they're not psychopaths so the people around Arnold Schwarzenegger there's like 10 security guards and Tony Doherty Tony's been on the show twice fucking legend but the people so around the security guards the people outside of those security guards like the first two three or four five rows of people they're pushing towards Arnold Schwarzenegger now, I wonder what would have happened if like there weren't the security guards. They're like, would you just go up and just like feel him? Just like put your hand on his chest and just rub down his body or something? Like what the fuck would happen? It was weird. And then what happened was, so there's all these people pushing towards Arnold, want to get to Arnold and they're taking photos, whatever. Then there's... The next row back, 20 meters back, and there's a ring of people. And there, they're standing like this. You know, they're, they're, they're up. They're up with their phones up, you know. Actually, first, probably the, the next ring was probably like phones on their shoulders, you know, behind their mate's head, trying to, get a, trying to get a photo of Arnie. It's probably about 20 meters away. Photos and videos of Arnie. And that's cool. And then the next row was probably 40 meters back. And these people are standing up. Like, they're on their tippy toes, kind of. You know, their phones, you know, they got the long iPhone. They're stretching it as far as they can. You know, they might even be on one leg. Like, Meh. So these guys are effectively f- filming and videoing. They can't see what the fuck they're filming. They're filming and videoing a general vicinity of, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, basically. And then the next row back, 50 meters back, there's another row of people, and they're standing on chairs. They're standing on chairs, trying to uh, trying to get a photo. So they're they're on the chair, right? They're on the chair. So remember those people that were on the ground before the, the next row, closer, and they were like maybe on one leg, maybe maybe something like that, reaching up real high. 
Well, these fucking guys, this next row, they were on chairs on one leg and on their fucking tippy toes. That's dangerous as fuck and dumb. So these people, they were taking a fucking, they were taking a video, an unaimed, un, just a ridiculous video of people taking videos of people taking videos of people trying to touch Arnold Schwarzenegger from like 50 meters away. Oh, I fucking love Arnie. But Jesus Christ, people are weird. But to get back on track, like disconnection from status and respect. Do we really feel like we have status? Do we really feel like we have respect in this day and age when everything is judged by how many fucking likes you get? I don't really think it is. You know, this is why there's all these people out there doing mushrooms like myself or, or going and doing ayahuasca or going and doing breathing therapy or, 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 um, or meditation retreats because they don't feel worth anything. They feel worthless, you know. They feel like, well, I'm just, I'm just a nobody. What good am I? No one should ever feel like that. That's dumb as well. You know, fuck. Why isn't celebrity, why isn't celebrity the people that make the world a better place? Don't get me wrong again. Arnold Schwarzenegger has made the world a better place in a number of facets. In entertainment and in business and in, you know, philanthropy, whatever. Like he's a fucking boss. And, you know, I love Brad Pitt. You know, one of my favorite actors, Johnny Depp. Entertainment, these guys that are making 40, 50 million bucks, whatever per movie or however much to make. Like, I'm not having to go at them either. I'm not having to go at them. They're great and they have made the world a better place. But have they made the world a better place so much so because they're good looking and they are in the entertainment industry that they're revered like they are and they're paid like they are and so on and so forth and, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just basic economics, but it's just, it's just we shouldn't, like, think of fucking, think of all the actual heroes out there that there are, you know, men and women that have, you know, given up their time and their life for other people and, and you know, and I'm, I'm against war. I'm not fucking, I'm not, a, I'm not into, you know, military and, and fucking gun tote and this, that and the other, but I mean, there's a lot of people out there doing stuff like that. And a lot of people out there dedicating their lives to helping, you know, helping other people. And they're not fucking celebrities, but they should be. I mean, there shouldn't be anything a celebrity. There shouldn't be any of it. But considering there is, why is it people that don't really do fucking much? You know, Kardashians and, you know, Paris Hilton back 100 years, uh, 10 years ago. Ah, oh, I just think it's dumb. I just think it's dumb. Okay. The next, uh, the next cause of lost connections is um, the disconnection from uh, the natural world. So this one, fuck, this goes without saying really. Let's be honest. I mean, how much time do we have where uh, – how much time do we, do we realistically have where we're out there and we're, um, you know, we're in nature? As I said, we're, we're, we're cooped up in our cars. We're cooped up in our one-bedroom apartments. We're, you know, we're in big cities. We're supposed to live in tribes of 150 people. Do you guys know that? That's a fact. That's a fact. That's how hunter-gatherer tribes lived. Okay, so breaking it down. Here we are now, 200,000 years ago. All right, no, let's, let's, let's break that down again. Here we are now, t- Ten to 15,000 years ago was agricultural revolution. So... The last 10, maybe let's say 8,000 years, we've, nah, fuck that, way less. You know, let's say 
2,000 years. No, no, no. 4,000 years. We've been in bigger groups than, than 150. Anatomically, exactly the same human beings have been, uh, have been around since 200,000 years ago. And that was Homo sapiens, right? So what was before Homo sapiens? Homo fucking pretty close to sapiens. And they were... Uh, I might have to get out of this fucking meeting room, actually. Looks like I'm... Oh, no. Um, homo pretty fucking close to sapiens. You know? We've been pretty well the same, standing upright and, and, and hunter-gatherers in tribes for like 2 million years. And for 4,000 of them, we've lived in big fucking busy societies. No fucking wonder we're upset. No fucking wonder we love going for a hike with our mates, going for a dip in the water, getting the sun on our bodies. That makes us feel better. Because mm, it's how we've been fucking living our lives for, well, let's say, well, 99.97% of our fucking history. Disconnection from a natural world. And lastly, lastly is disconnection from a hopeful or secure future. So we go to work every day and we work for fucking people that... We work for people that we don't like and things that we don't want to do because of the fact that we need to. We need to financially. We work fucking shit-house jobs way too long every single day for the most part. The shit that we're not passionate about. And that's not very good. So people talk about... Um, people talk about... People talk about the fact that robots are going to take all of our jobs, right? You know, robots are going to come. They're going to steal all our jobs. What are we going to do? Well, there's this concept called the universe... Uh, Universal basic income, which is basically where you give welfare to everybody um, enough to live off. Well, this has been trialed before. This is trialed in a Canadian town from like 1990 onwards till today. And what happened in that town? Everyone was like, "Oh, this is never going to work. They're going to be dull bludgers. They're going to be fucking. Um, they're going to be. They're going to be. You know, they're not going to have anything to strive for. They're going to be. They're going to spend all the money on drugs." whatever the economy is going to shut down break down and everything every marker that you think that a society runs off that is in the positive so a positive marker would be depression and anxiety going down um a, a, a positive marker would be fucking percentage of marriages that stay together go up um um general 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 health and wellness in the area is is is, is better there's more the economy's better people are spending more time with their family that's because that's because these people don't have to work or particularly they don't have to go and do something that they don't want to do they have a choice they have a choice to be like yeah that job fucking sucks and you treat me like shit and i don't want to do that but that's cool i'm not going to do that i'm going to go and do this for less money and less time in the week because i can because I know that if I go and do this, this thing that makes me happy, that, that p- puts the world in a better place, that I'm going to get a bit of a buzz out of, I'm still going to have a roof over my head. You know? I'm still going to have a roof over my head. And 
I think that that thought of not having a roof over your head and feeling like you you don't know where your next meal is coming from, you don't know how to put food on the table. That's a fucking that's a fucking horrible feeling. That's a horrible feeling. Universal basic income is universally just looking after each other. Like think of the fucking world. Think of the Western world. We're the 1.11%. That's a lie, but we are actually the 1%. Most of us, if you're listening to this and you've got an iPod and you're going to work and you're in the Western world, you are the 1% financially worldwide. Quality of life, basically. Think of that. Think about the fact of universal basic income. That's because there's going to be more money in the, in the economy and less work, so we don't have to pay out people to do it. So basically because of robots. How come we can't do that for fucking... Like, how, how come we can't tax billionaires and zillionaires like fucking Mr. Bezos over there? Like, and just fucking... I know that there's too much here and, and I don't know enough about the economy to unpack this, but funnel some of that fucking shit over people that don't have any money. See if A, they can live, and B, they're fucking happy. People aren't happy because they're stressed for money, financial stress. It kills people. It cripples people. It makes them sad. You know, it makes them sad. It makes them just, it's a fucked, it's a fucked feeling not having a secure future, especially you've got a family. Like I'm cool running, running around like a cowboy trying to build businesses, fucking sleeping on my own couch, acting like a dickhead. But fuck, if I had a family, no way, no way could I do that shit. So disconnection from a hopeful and secure future, you know, and feeling in control, feeling in control of your own destiny. That's not something that many people have. And it's a hugely powerful thing. You know, you don't want someone that you fucking, you you don't want to feel like at any point in time, you can have everything ripped out from under you. Food on your table, roof over your head, gone. Family or no family. That's a shit feeling. But there's too much fucking money at the top and not enough money at the bottom. And we're all like, yeah, cool. Capitalism um, rocks. This is, this is working. This is going good. It's not really going very good. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going um, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna have a break. I'm going to have a break from this. I'm actually going to um, potentially do a second show on this because I've gone for an hour now. And there's actually some reconnections to, um, to these lost connections that Johan puts out there. I wouldn't mind riffing on them maybe. We'll see. But, um, but for now, I'm actually going to leave it and hopefully somebody listened, hopefully at least one person listened all the way through that show. Who knows? Um, and anyway, guys, yeah, if you did like me talking on a solo rant, then um, let me know. The Bill Kerr on Instagram, actually give me follows and likes, makes me feel better, endorphin rushes. Um, but yeah, let me know. Um, and otherwise, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being there with us. And I hope you liked this book report, book review, fucking silly rant about Lost Connections by Johan Hari. That is a wrap. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening. If you enjoyed the show, please support us by um, telling a friend, subscribing, giving us a review. You know, you guys know the protocol. You've probably listened to a lot of podcasts and um, there's always ways that you can help. Yeah, and, and one thing that you can always do is you can just tell a friend. If you really enjoyed a conversation that we've had, 
um, then, you know, go out and let somebody know. So uh, we're all about telling interesting and important stories and hopefully you guys get some value out of it. So um, but before I go, make sure that you don't forget to support our sponsors. Our sponsors are trueprotein.com.au. That's True Protein. You can go to trueprotein.com.au and use the code BRO and you'll get 10% off. We're also brought to you by Yeti, premium cooler brand, the best in the business. You can head to yeti.com.au forward slash bro for all of their range. And then check out 20 hours free um, when you go to athena.co and book a demo to check out our virtual assistant outsourcing services. So that's it for me. See you next week.